You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. Hey everyone, happy holidays. It's Al McManus coming back to you this week. Wanted to let you know that there are brand new items in the merchandise store featuring Shiprock 2021 designs. So go check those out at your convenience and in the comfort of your own home and couch and underwear, whatever you're doing. Pick up a couple items for you and your beloved metalhead. And keep a lookout for a few more Christmas items that'll be added very soon. Hashtag soon. Hi, I'm King Anit, or you can call me KJ for short. I have cerebral palsy and psychosis. I struggle to correct the false realities of my illness. Before music therapy, there was a lot of struggle, a lot of things I didn't understand. I had puzzling thoughts. And when I concentrated too much, those thoughts turned into nightmares. When I met Tony and started music therapy, it was like I jumped into deep water and started swimming. What's our thing? You had an idea. Okay, my idea is um, something, something jazzy. Jazzy. Okay. Do we want like happy jazzy? Happy jazz sounds good, yeah. Music therapy helped me to heal. That voice that you heard was the voice of KJ, who is a music therapy patient of our guest this week, Mr. Tony Edelblut. He is a music therapist at Children's of Colorado, and I was interested in doing something a little different for Making Waves this week. And when I stumbled upon KJ and Tony's story, I thought I'd have a conversation with Tony. I hope it interests you as much as it did me. Enjoy the episode. I'm here uh, with Tony Edelblut, and uh, Tony's got a really interesting story. And uh, I came across Tony by um, kind of an inter- internet search, like everybody else, where 
you know, we were putting together our podcast for our shiprock guests in the world at large and um, wanted to do something a little different, a little something different outside of our normal artist interviews and kind of touch on some topics that I thought were interesting. And maybe you guys, our listeners would find them interesting as well. And I started thinking about music therapy uh, in, in the, that world and had some experiences with some people here in my life, um, you know, who, who either do uh, professionally uh, do professional music therapy or they just music they use music as a therapy to get them through hard times, which I personally do. And I'm sure a lot of our guests and listeners do yeah. as well. Uh, so that led me to an internet search and I searched, um, I think it was something super basic. Uh, mu- uh, music that was, could have been just music therapy, honestly, maybe something that simple. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and it came in, and and your video, the video came up, and I'll put a link to the video in the description of the, the whole thing of, of you, and um, it it was a video that really moved me right away, and I think it probably moves is going to move a lot of people that that view this for the first time. But it was a gentleman named KJ, mm-hmm. um, and KJ was uh, just a really interesting interesting person, and it, there was an interesting dynamic to the video, and of course I was quickly brought to tears by the by the video, and I so I dug around a little bit more and looked into it and found your name attached to it. Uh, so I decided to reach out to you on Facebook and, and had a quick chat with you about who I was and the stranger. So you were kind enough to, uh, to reach back to me and uh, accept a friend request from a stranger, which I thank you for. Uh, so with that, with that uh, inter- introduction, if you will, uh, I'm joined by Tony Edelblut from what I understand is the Children's Hospital of Colorado. Tony, tell me where that is. Tell me if I got that right. And and uh, give yourself give your yourself a little introduction here. Give myself a little introduction. Yeah, I work at Children's Hospital Colorado. Uh, that is in um, it's East Metro Denver. It's moved to a big uh, hospital campus that it shares with the University of Colorado Hospital and the VA Hospital. So we're out there at the corner of uh, I two twenty five and Colfax, uh, which is technically Aurora actually. So I actually do live in uh, Aurora, which is a, a suburb of of Denver. Um, yeah, I started working at Children's Hospital in 2003. Um, I actually had a classmate when I was in grad school to be a, a music therapist. And uh, this classmate was just a miracle worker who got this internship going at Children's Hospital. She found some allies there. And, uh, and then she decided that she wanted to do something else with her life. So she uh, went and journeyed to Africa and I took the job at Children's. And I've been there now since 2003. Oh wow! So she was so she was the one who kind of started spearheaded the the, the program, if you will. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, she well she 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 instituted a um, an internship there, uh, which which was my entree into the into the venue. So gotcha. then, by the time they worked on creating an actual position, I was the guy going, "I'll take it." Sure. And I know people there, and I did, and uh, it's worked out. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So your back. So your background was in is in your your schooling, your background, that kind of thing. Tell us where do you where do you come from? Because I know that our guests listening are going to kind of they want to they want to take the deep dive with you, will as far as kind of yeah. where you are as a person and, and your your personal journey to get to that point. Sure. Yeah. It's um. Yes. It's a very particular profession, and I think people come to it different ways. I, they're working on making it more of like go to get your undergraduate degree and then go to grad school. Uh, but I did not do it that way. Um, <clears throat> and I have many peers who did not do it that way. Um, I was a, let's see, I was a jazz trained saxophonist. Uh, but before I, that, I was a, uh, I was going to be a pre-med student at a Big Ten University, which is kind of what I think my parents wanted for me. And it, I kind of had a delayed, a delayed adolescence, which I think your viewers will 
uh, can relate to. You can you can just get to a point where like, oh wait, I have not done, and, and, or maybe they they absolutely don't relate to it because they're more like they were listening to their metal early on and they figured out how to how to do that. Yeah. I was I was a super good kid for way too long, um, but I got to got to uh, college and I figured out that I didn't like any of the things stuff I was doing as a pre med student. I didn't like the culture. Um, of being a pre-med student there's like a whole like type a ambition thing that was at least going on when i was there and i just didn't it just didn't suit me um but it was enough that i got started on science credits i ended up with a psych degree from a big 10 university so that was just fortuitous Uh, i had big sisters who were social workers so i kind of knew a lot of the lingo already um but then all i could think that i wanted to do upon graduating was be able to play a saxophone it was a it was a rough time in my life and it was, I needed a guiding principle. And my only guiding principle was I knew that I couldn't stand to go to see a show where there's a sax player and it wasn't me having tried to do it. Right. That was like the only, and that was, and that was like, that was all I had coming from a pretty privileged background actually. Um, so I did that for about a dozen years. Um, and then it started, I was teaching lessons and I realized that kids were talking to me about not just music, that, you know, sitting there talking about how to breathe and how to listen to John Coltrane and how to, you know, how to begin to think about what you're even hearing and all that just led to just very personal kind of discussions. I'm like, I need to know how to do this. So in a, in a a music lesson, having given a few and taken a few, they can, you can, it can become a pretty emotional, I mean, not emotional right away. Obviously in your case, it did turn emotional, emotional. But it's a pretty intimate environment, right? There's two super passionate people. You know, one is very vulnerable and the other one's got to be really careful with that vulnerability to a certain extent, right? Usually on a musical level. So I've found it opens up. I mean, the students I've had and the teachers that I've had, those relationships wind up being really pretty special. You know, it's, it's, yeah. not, just a, it's not just a, here's your five bucks, here's the next guy in line, yeah, right? It's, right. It can, if you get the right teacher and the right student, there's a really cool connection that happens there. Because as we know, the sometimes you're, the teacher can learn from teaching, right? That's that's why teach a lot of teachers continue to teach is because they continue to learn and they continue to flourish and, and educate themselves as they teach. So, so that's an interesting thing that it, your trigger, if you will, was hey, I'm doing this, I'm I'm doing a little bit of this therapy yeah, yeah. here and now in the moment, yeah. right? Yeah. And then so that so that caused you or not didn't cause you, but that yeah. inspired you to to take that next question, give question yourself, yeah, you know. Right. Yeah, I think people had suggested music therapy in years before, like, hey, why don't you do music and therapy? And I just thought that was just like some uh, weird <clears throat> little, I don't know. It just, it, I didn't take it seriously for some reason. But then having these teenagers, and again, I, don't, I, don't, I, I wouldn't say I was doing therapy, but I was being entrusted. Right. I, was, right. I was like, I was the trusted adult because I was the adult who like got excited about, you know, blowing a good uh, tone on a saxophone, you know? Mm-hmm. So just like that kind of like it builds relationship, you know, and I learned, you know, I think uh, in in training to be a music therapist, I learned a lot of stuff. And I think to your point, too, about how it's passionate people is that um, I didn't learn this till later. But, you know, like one of the basic facts that you learn as a music therapist is that your auditory nerve right in your from your that takes all your your signals from your ear. It's one of the only nerves that goes through your emotional center first. Oh, wow. because, okay. because you need to react to stuff, right? Like if there's a big, like boom, and the, I'm already moving before I've thought about it. Right. Okay. Um, but that's that's also why music is like one of the biggest industries in the world is because we all we all feel it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just part of how we're. It's like some sort of uh, cool expression of how we're wired. Um, sure. That that 
that everybody finds something they resonate with sure. or almost everybody you know yeah it seems like it seems like it seems like most everybody i don't know if there's if, if there's someone out there that just hates music i always question their sanity i work with uh, i've been working at children's in, in the psych unit for 17 years now so i've met all manner of responses to to all these questions and because sure. uh, yeah they they're just like not so into music and they do visual art or um you know, dancers are always into music because you have to be. Because <laughs> exactly. gonna... sure, but but this one specifically, yeah. as it pertains to the physiology of it, the music it goes into your. You're saying it goes into your ear and hits your emotions first. Yeah. So like you have different. you have emotions whether you want to or not. Right. I mean, and that's kind of emotions work anyway. Sure, and those emotions with music range from everything, every other emotion that can be found in any other aspect sure. of your life, right? Exactly. Interesting. Yeah, no. yeah, and it's interesting too because I think as a music therapist too, you have this kind of hubris like, I'm going to create this beautiful intervention that uses these elements of music to do these therapeutic things. And honestly, one of the best things you can do, and but I'll say this that like my therapy training makes us good, <laughs> is right. that sitting around listening to music, but what I do with them is I make them validate each other. I make them say, here's why your choice is cool. Right. Okay. So I want to uh, dive into that. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, put a, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna put a pin on that because I want to dive into that yeah. because that's that's kind of a specific question for for me that I have is is how does is there one on one is there group and, and and kind of the things you go through to 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 help right so yeah. uh, before we get there so you're so you're teaching these so you're I'm a music teacher and I'm you're a music therapist right you were yeah. you were teaching oh, music so to get to yeah. right. And you're having these engagements with your students and going, hey, you know, I'm help it, it seems like I'm helping these, these students out a little bit. And it always winds up going, not always, but it goes sometimes into off right. the book, right? We're going from right. the music to the personal things. And like, right. I think, did you experience that in some of those lessons that you would, that you, you, you wound up using music therapy without knowing it? Well, when you say using music therapy, I think that just means that you consciously use um, that you're consciously and purposefully using musical elements to achieve therapeutic goals, right? So, um, you know, so like even as like if I'm in a mood, like I'm feeling like really sad, so I put on like some, you know, my most favorite sad, I don't know, like Gorecki symphony or something just to contain my sadness, right? Um, is that we, we use it to just kind of to, to match that mood, right? So, um, yeah, so go back. I'm sorry. I give a lot of context and I go back and I'm like, wait, yeah, what was no, that? No, that's thinking. okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um, in your, when you're, when you're giving your lessons, right? Before yeah. your, before your career. Oh, in, oh in the music, yeah. Right? Music elements as therapy. Right. Yeah. So, oh, are you, did, so did you, yeah, was there a mo were there any moments in that, those interactions with students that, what was it that made you go, Hey, this is a thing. Was um, there, was there any, any moments like that, that, that led you down the yeah. path of, to where you are. Yeah, I think the story that I always tell is, is that, and this, I'm not, I won't say her name obviously, but there's, um, man, she's a grown woman by now. So, um, that would be cool if she ever heard this. Uh, but there was a, a then teenage, uh, young woman who was, um, she was being sent to Catholic school, which she didn't want to do. Uh, she was experimenting with drugs, which she wasn't telling any adults in her life. Uh, her parents were taking her to get psych meds prescribed for her mood instabilities going on. She was questioning her orientation. It was just like, you know, she was just like in teenagerness, right? Mm -hmm. And I was one of the only uh, adults that she would, that she talked to about all of it, right? Because I was cool with it. I was like, oh, wow, that's a lot that you're dealing with, right? Mm -hmm. And I wasn't just like freaking out that she was doing something um, that she shouldn't be. 
and um and just kind of re- and relating to her in that and there was a day that she came in and things had just come to a head and we i was like i remember that we were just blowing um dorian scales <laughs> i was like making her do finger exercises on dorian scales just like all right we're going to start talking about coltrane a little bit so here's how to play a pentatonic scale and uh and she couldn't even take a breath like she was just too overwhelmed and i just ended up leaving her sitting in the room for like 15 20 minutes so she could cry because simply taking a breath to play saxophone wasn't happening Right. That was where I realized that this was bigger than I was <laughs> and that I don't know what to do here. Right. Is that this person is having a huge grief response because I'm taking, I'm asking her to take a breath and uh, blow some uh, finger patterns on a saxophone. You know, I was like, I have, yeah. there's more going on here than I understand. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And not necessarily because it, because of necessarily because of the music at that point. Right. Was that, well, it was, yeah, but it was, it was more what you were, what you were feeling is there's more, there's more to this person than this lesson. And did, yeah. that, did that take you to where you wanted to be involved in helping people? Yeah, I think I'd always, I always kind of had, you know, that whole doctor adventure was, you know, I basically vibe with wanting to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, I just realized I didn't want to do it like that. Um, and I wasn't willing to do what that took, um, sure. honestly, uh, just in terms of the, the way it would change my commitments. Um, so, but getting well so getting back to that question of of using these musical i mean i think it really depends on what <clears throat> i think the more you talk about music therapy the more you start realizing like what am i calling music exactly right because i if you sat in one of my sessions there's a lot of stuff i call it it's more process music than it is about like being a music teacher and having a great performance ready at the end of it right it's about like I work mostly in psych as a music therapist because I have a I'm dual credentialed as a licensed professional counselor, an LPC in Colorado it's called, and so I do a lot of groups of hanging out with kids who are dealing with mood issues, and we talk about um, we talk about what a mood sounds like right okay right if I'm if I'm like if I'm moving like real fast like this I'm probably like you know, you can start making guesses. We can start, we can start making guesses. That, is this anxiety or am I really excited or am I hyper or what is going on? Whereas if I'm just like, you know, just start stuff like pressure and tempo and all that kind of stuff starts to connect with uh, kind of what emotional urge kind of is underneath that striking of a drum or that use of your voice or whatever it is that you do. Okay. So, so yeah. So, so there, so there, so we moved into the, so we moved into the therapy here, right? A little bit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It seems like so, you're wanting to know about that stuff. Yeah. No, I do. I do. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. So is this a, is this, do they come and do, are you, are these um, patients that we call them? I guess yeah. we, we patients are they're these patients. patients are in, are in the hospital already or they're in the psych, sure. in the psych, do they call it a psych ward? that's how old school i am and yeah no, it's good. It's been, yeah, it's a, yeah i mean they can go too far with marketing sometimes but uh for the most part we are wiser and better than we were back in like cuckoo's yes, good. days yeah um but it, so there's um, a there is a department inside the hospital. yeah well okay, okay so here I'll, let me just get i, I should have done this at the beginning here's my job description so i'm a music therapist at children's hospital i'm housed mostly in the psych unit which is technically called the Pediatric Mental Health Institute, sorry about that. Pediatric Mental Health Institute, or PMHI. Um, within that unit, there's a, or within that department, there's a number, number of small units. One of them is the inpatient unit, right? So kids who are taken to the emergency department because they are a grave threat to themselves or to other people, they're so disabled that they can't function. 
and they go into the locked inpatient unit. Then there's a step down unit from that, which is just day treatment where you go instead of school. So I work with those kids too. There's also an eating disorders unit, which I never thought I would work with, but I've worked with them the whole time and they're one of my favorite populations. Um, there is a neuropsychiatric special care unit, which is fancy words for the autism unit. Um, so kids who are really disabled uh, with, um, with their autism being part of, at least part of their diagnosis, they can go there. Um, there's a number of outpatients. I see some individuals within those units also because some kid really likes to play music or they really um, like to write songs, but they don't have a guitar here or, you know, and usually a, a, um, my level of training is enough to just, you know, address that. And if it's, and if some kid is just suit, like one time I had a kid who just could play Bach, who memorized Bach in two weeks, right? So really? it's about facilitating and validating that person and helping wow. them connect their musical strengths to their emotional strengths. And what was their what was their uh, their disability? The, 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 this was, was an it? eating disorder kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, wow. high, high a lot of high achievement in that population. Sure. Yeah. In the eating disorder population. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah. that's oh, fascinating. Yeah. That's fascinating yeah. too. Oh yeah, they they oh man, eating disorder and eating disorder makes you exert your will. Okay. Yeah. Kind wow. of takes over. It takes over, but it's a very 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 strong exertion of your will to overcome your own body's desire for food. So imagine how hard you have to try, right? And that leads to yeah. how did that how did that relate to that that pay, that person in their in their knowledge of of learning that music? How did how did those two work together? Just the, from a discipline standpoint. I, well, I think I think uh, this in that person's case, and I'll always say that because you can never just uh, things are rarely categorically true when you start mm-hmm. talking about specific people. Mm-hmm. Um, although trends are true. Um, but this person in particular was a, was already very high achieving, was already very highly recognized within a classical music setting. Um, and emotionally, it was, um, uh, I mean, that's a whole almost subset, right? Where um, emotional, like the, her emotional investment in it was partly her love of the music, but partly was the achievement itself. And that she was being held up by other people because she was exceptional. Mm-hmm. So it was more like kind of occupying a space um, and, and, she didn't always feel like that was what made her happy. Mm. Right. Yeah. But when you're being exalted like that, it's hard not to step into that role. Sure. But then right. whether you're happy with it or not is a, is a whole nother right. question. Where, yeah. How you feel about yourself. The, the, what is it? The, especially, and I, I find that with creative people too. I've worked with a lot of super creative people and I feel like sometimes it's, there's a whole lot of self image, but no self love. Yeah. They'll turn it on in front of the audience. And I work with lots uh, over the years and you, you, they go in front of the audience and they just beam. And there's this light that comes from that's yeah. around them and within them. And they're sharing yeah. that light and they'll yeah. come off the stage and it's just immediate. Yeah. I can't say depression, but they, they doubt everything that they say. They doubt everything they do. They can't, it's hard yeah. to make a decision. And it sounds like there's some similarities to there with, with this person where you know you, you can't you just can't appreciate who you are and that's the, oh, the struggle sure. right oh for sure yeah no this person was fantastic but they're the last person to see it i mean that's i mean that's that's pretty common with eating disorders though too sure okay just in general is you know telling you know telling them that they have good qualities is, is largely useless you just have to relate to them sure yeah. um so as far as so on a daily bit what is your what is a what does a regular work day look like for you as far as because um, I don't, I don't know if it's if there's one on one. If it sounds like there is some one on one, sounds like there's some group. It sounds like 
you know, those things. What is, how does that break out for you kind of in a normal humdrum uh, day at the uh, office? A normal day at the office. Um, so like um, I'm working four days a week now, two of those days I go in and um, one of those days is just my inpatient day. So I go up to that locked unit and I run a kid group, I run a tween group and I run a teen group. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, it's a big, you know, it's a, it's a pretty full day in terms of the number of kids. So I could see up to, you know, like 20 some kids in a day. And then inside those groups, is it a, is it a, is it a hodgepodge of kids from those select from the, from the other, from the other areas, like the, the eating disorders? No, or the, no, 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 no. This is just the inpatient unit. Oh, this, this is, okay. These are just kids who are, have been hospitalized for, for high acuity. Okay. Um, so that's like one day. So I'll just be on that whole floor because there's a whole staff that just works that floor, right? And I'm just the creative arts therapist who comes in and does that day. Okay. And then there's another day I do the same thing with day treatment, the kids who are just there for the day. Um, and then other days it's mixed up with groups. Um, I have an outpatient right now. Um, I have an individual kid that I'm working with who, um, you know, eating disorder kid, <laughs> really talented, but the last person to see it. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what my days are like. Oh, and then I'd play in the uh, children's has uh, it's called the Seacrest Studio, the Ryan Seacrest Fa Family Foundation. Oh, cool! Put, okay. uh, these kind of broadcast uh, radio stations that um, that telecast to like all the um, all the uh, the satellite of care, the units, <laughs> the network of care. I need to get my branding right. The network of care for the hospital. So I go and I, I do like a half hour music show. Uh, where I just I'm ready just to kind of hang out and play guitar and sing or um, have percussion and have kids join me or take requests. And that's broadcast to whom? Just the other, the other hospitals. Within, that's just broadcast within the hospital. Gotcha. So okay. any kid in their hospital room. Okay. Can, yeah. Can and then who can view that? Any, just uh, just the, it's like an intranet. Oh. It, you know? Okay. Gotcha. It's, 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 so. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's kind of a cool thing for kids, yeah. though, right? Because they yeah. they can see themselves on TV. Isn't that the, yeah. isn't that the cool thing, right? Yeah, yeah. or they can be on TV. Yeah, maybe they can tape it. It's, yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Um, so the 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 impetus here, one of the 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 biggest impetus here that, uh, and I touched on it in the beginning, um, is was this the story of of KJ. Yeah. And um, you know, like I said, that that really that moved me, and I think it's probably the reason that we're here, and it probably moved you too. I just. You know that video, and, and folks will see it, and I'll probably put a, some kind of clip in here with with, with that. But his re, his reaction and your reaction of that moment was just like I said, it, it's definitely yeah. one of those bring your, you know, if you're if you love music, yeah, bring bring your tissues, right? So how how much can can you tell me? Kind of take a step back with that and tell me about him and his as much as you can with within you know, the realm of what you're able to talk about. Because um, um, I think that's a fascinating story that a lot of people are going to are gonna cling to. And I think you probably, have you experienced that a lot of people have clung to that story? Yeah. For that oh, his, yeah. His situation? Yeah. Oh, he's just a great kid. Um, no, I actually, he's one of the few people I can talk about just because he's talked about it publicly. And that was part of um, that whole video was uh, having him and his mom consent to sharing publicly. No, he's he actually he, in the last year. I did a we did a presentation. Our creative arts therapy team did, and uh, he was one of our guest panelists, and he rocked it. Um, KJ, yeah, he was in our. Oh, that's another unit in name. Our medical day treatment unit. So there's some kids who are so who are medically compromised enough that they need nursing care throughout the day. So there's a unit at Children's where there's a a kid classroom and a teen classroom. And there's special ed teachers in each of those rooms, and they just go there instead of a regular school. So okay. that's their school community. 
Um, so KJ was in that community um, and he was dealing with the stuff that you, you know, go see the video he talked about, he was experiencing, um, he's got cerebral palsy uh, and he was experiencing psychosis. So I got the referral when he was dealing with the psychosis, which had to do with a lot of like uh, images, um, conspiracies that were, you know, afoot. Um, and he was looking out for them and uh, getting really worried about them. So I took, um, no, it's actually quite a proud thing in my life uh, is that um, uh, I took the, uh, only because, it, and I'm saying it's proud just because it turned into this video and it turned into results with KJ that have now become public. Um, is that I decided rather than try to, because everybody, when, you know, when you have psychotic symptoms, the first thing everybody thinks is make it go away because it's scary, right? Because mm -hmm. we don't want people responding to things that aren't there. Mm -hmm. So, um, but that, so that's, that's the general attitude is make the bad go away. But I was like, well, you know, we got right into uh, using the videos and uh, we had just, you know, the software that could do funny little things to the video and we started playing with that and making characters and so my idea was like well we're not going to avoid the psychosis we're going to make it real right because that's the whole problem is that um is that it's not real right so you're not you're not effectively dealing with reality which is you know we all have dreams well our, our brains all function in that way but it doesn't usually get in our way and with a psychotic person it does so i thought well let's just make some let's make some stuff we made videos we improvise music we would improvise music and tape it and then do stuff to it or you know we would just make things right and just uh so taking the imagination and making it real uh i th i think is what and that's what he'll say too is that he started just to get connected to himself again and people around him started noticing that like now instead of kj having this thought that he's off in dreamland about he's smiling and he's talking to you right and he actually and if you watch that video you can hear that uh, how much sense he's able to make, like a deep amount of sense, <laughs> not just sort of a normal. Like he's he's a poet. He's he's got he's got that soul. He's got that right. uh, desire. Right. right. And how is he? Uh, is he? Is, sounds like he's a fairly musical guy. Has, does he? Is he? He's gravi He gravitates towards music. Is that his thing, or is there other? Are there other things about? You know the 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 um, the creative world that he's drawn to, or is it is it? You know, is it music, or is he is he also drawn to other creative? things yeah if you watch that video all the artwork in that video is his he worked okay. with we had a program for a while where we hook people up with community artists and so uh, yeah so the artwork you see is his okay so that's so he does that he actually he's not a proficient musician uh in terms of like performing because of the cerebral palsy sure. um but like his like you know we got a, a keyboard donated that i got to his house and then his brother started playing um he there a lot of athletes in the family so I think there's some skills going on there. Yeah, that's great. Because, you know, even if he's not enjoying it in the home, he's enjoying somebody else enjoying it, right? Yeah, yeah. And he just, yeah, I think he just finds it regulating. And I do think, you know, again, I keep saying this, but watch the video and you get the sense of yeah, his power. Exactly. So, and I think, Al, I, told, I want to tell people this story too. Anybody who does watch that video, uh, the cool thing that I think is the thing to know about that video is that um, – there's a kind of a cool opening montage and then it goes to me and KJ playing. So that's literally like we played together for about 20 minutes for that shot. We just set up the shot and he and I just played for 20 minutes. And what you see is like the first, like literally when they turned on the camera. Yeah. yeah. So that's how cool that is. So yeah. like, as you're watching, you know, and appreciating all the things you just said, it happened yeah. just like, you yeah. know, and he's like, we're, we're getting set up and the camera people are doing their thing back there. Yeah. Just like, 
you want to, I have this idea. I'm like, don't even tell me about it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just let yeah. it wait for the moment. Cause yeah. you, you shine like that. And he did. Yeah. And it was amazing. And, you know, and it really was. It was one of those moments where I'm like, oh, you want this jazz thing? Cool. All right. I'm just going to keep all these chords yeah. kind of related to each other and pray that when I move somewhere, you move with it. And he did. <laughs> and he did. Lovely, yeah. lovely, lovely yeah. day. And, and the, two, the two things, the two, you know, the two subsequent thoughts I have about it is one, the one that the thought that I had when I watched it and my reaction was your reaction because yeah. I can, you know, as a, as a hack of a musician myself, I yeah, said, no, you recognize you that, know, yeah. I looked, I looked and I said that, Aside from it being therapeutic for him and being his release, right? Yeah, yeah. When you connect with someone musically, or there's a cool moment, you you know this because obviously you've been on stage a bunch and that kind of thing. Those cool moments, that's everything a musician's looking to do, right? Yeah. Even in a goofy cover band, for me, you're you're playing a song, you play the song fifty times, but there's some cool thing that happens. That's oh, yeah. the ma- that's the magic, and you call kind of look at each other and give you know the the look that is an understood look. So there was that from you. And then, and, and the other part of it, which is interesting, is that was also therapeutic, right? Yeah. Yeah. For for him, but at the same time, it's therapeutic for it. It wasn't just the, between the two of yeah. you, and that's why sharing the sharing of music is so important, and live music is so important. It's the sharing is is the real therapy. I mean, yeah. for 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 folks who just who are recreational music love or music lovers, right? That the therapy is that it's the interaction. They're having that interaction with that recorded music or that musician on stage. So it's just interesting to see it in a very, a relaxed clinical environment or a, a, rep- a example of what could happen in a clinical environment. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then understanding that the, the world is a clinical environment. Like yeah, that's, yeah. that's one of the things that I took. It's like, yeah, that happens on the stage between musicians, and that happens when you go to see. You pay six bucks to go see a band at the bar. It's yeah. like that's it's so universal, and that's what really struck with me. So I'm going to definitely encourage everybody to to watch and rewatch it or watch it six times like I did. You know, um, I, I got you beat probably. Yeah, yeah. So so tell me tell me a little bit about, uh, and I, I, depending on how much you know about this or not, the the actual the medical part of this, the physiology. How does the how does how does the brain work and how is the, how are you stimulating his, because there's a brain stimulation thing happening here. I don't even know what I'm talking about, but I would think that there's some kind of, there's some kind yes. of brain stimulation happening here, right? Yes. Right. That's triggering something that's pleasing and pleasant. And how, what do you know about how that works? I mean, there's, I'm sure there's so much mystery to this thing because. Uh, yeah. The, right? Well, there's, there's mis- I don't think there's much mystery to the elements. I think there's mystery in how they come together into something that, like you said, is so just intuitively recognizable, I think is the amazing thing for me. Um, no, because what you're talking about, because there's taking pleasure in music, that's a neurological function. Right. Having to remember a word, that's a different neurological function. Um, this, the space of a musical interval is a, is, a, is a neurological function that's related to how we track physical space, which is cool, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, well, tell me about that. that I, I'm, you know, like I said, I, I, I'm a one, four, five pentatonic guy. So, that, so I'll just dive into that for a second before. So the, 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 as you hear an interval, yeah. right? Yeah. One to three, one to four, yeah. one to five, one, one, whatever the interval is. There's a that there's a there's a definition of space there, uh-huh. right? I mean, yeah. I guess that's literally you mean literally just the space between the the notes in between yeah. that you don't hear. Well, like the think of the difference between like a half step and Judy Garland singing somewhere over the rainbow, like a big octave jump. 
Right. You know, that's a big, that's a big leap. That's, that's a lot of space, but that's a tiny bit of space. Yeah. I guess I've never thought about music from a spatial standpoint. You, as a musician, you can see the the physical space on a keyboard. You can see the physical space on guitar. You can see the physical space on a clarinet, Mm -hmm. but there is also, this may be way too out there, but there is also a, there's a space in the world there between those two notes there's a space in the air sure which i don't yeah. know if that's what you're referring to but that just kind of blew my mind apart Yo, oh there's, no there's so many levels yeah there's so many levels to get your mind blown on for sure so that's why i think you know this whole like what do you do on purpose to create a relationship with person with music right um and i think that's it's a great question because you know people i talk to are, are saying very similar things to you is that we've all had these ecstatic music experiences and oh my god and the realization of the connection between people and who is this musician and we have all these great things and yet when uh when i'm a therapist i have to kind of break it down and be a little bit more systematic than that right sure okay sure. we're going to try to we're going to try to uh, bring out moods today okay i'm going to try to make this kid listen to me today Right. Okay. It can be that much of a challenge, right? It can be that much of a hard challenge. Oh, you're doing basics. Like I, here's, here's a big one. There's a bunch of teens now who have gotten 17 years of me. Here's one of the things, communication, talking or expressing, listening, you got to balance, right? Right. So easy. It's like everyone gets it. Everyone gets it. Right. But then if I give you a drum and I have a drum and now you have to just play whatever you want to play. And my only job in the world is to match what you do as you do it as best I can. So now you're totally expressing and I'm totally listening. Then we switch. Now I'm totally expressing and you're totally listening. Right. You know, and I do this with families and we start to notice who gets listened to and who doesn't listen and who reacts what way to not being listened to. And voila, you know, it's, it's a boast that I, um, I still boast it is that I can, I can get, I can often, not always, I do a lot before Corona, before the pandemic, we did a lot of multifamily groups. Um, and I can often get a family to their core family issues in one session. Wow. Just because, wow. just because from, from communication, teaching them how yeah, to communicate, just put, yeah. put instruments in everybody's hand, make the, make the identified patient. Um, tell me which instrument is like, which family member. Cool. Give it to them. Right. You're done. Which one's like you. Oh, cool. Okay. Now I'm going to make you all play together. However it comes out is, is correct. Ready? Go. Right. And guess what? Re- first of all, yeah. two things. One is we need to do that with the, with the seven people that work for Ask4. That would be very beneficial for the company so we could all stop. We, there's, there's like, of the seven people there, nine of us are, are type A. So there's oh, like, oh, yeah, there's seven people on a conference call, but nine of them are type A. Yeah. So, so we could use that. But secondly, is there, when those, in the family situation, is there a reference you give them? Like if there's a, say there's a family of four and I don't even know how this has worked, but it might be interesting. There's a family of four and there's four instruments to choose from. And you go, okay, listen, here's how Van Halen does it. See how this is, this, right? No, I'd never do that. You, know, you never do that before. Hey, listen to how Van Halen does it. If you could communicate like Van Halen, That's- you guys would eliminate all of your problems. Now you would be running with the devil, but you would eliminate yeah, all your yeah, problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so that's interesting. So that that's uh, that's the group the group thing or the family dynamic is is super beneficial. So how does how does that give me a give me a quick story about how one would start with that? You you said you would give everybody an instrument and say which one are you, right? Yeah. Then what happens from that? Then what happens from there? Is there literally a everybody just go crazy at once? And this is what happens when you're trying to communicate with each other. See how bad it sounds, or, and then you try to orchestrate something that sounds good, or how, what do you uh-huh. do? 
No, I just no. I I tell no. I, the best I do is I is I acknowledge. So the first thing to to say about any group, and I'll get it, I'll get specifically into what I do with the family. But in the intro to any family group, I'm always going to tell people that just the fact that I show up with a bunch of instruments, they're already having an emotional reaction, right? And the range of the emotional reaction is like, yay, instruments, or oh my god, you have to be kidding me, right? If I walk into a room with a bunch of instruments, that's the emotional range I'm going to get. And so I normalize all of that because I'm used to all of it. Like nobody's going to surprise me with, with like thinking it sucks. I'm like, you know, that's just daily. Um, so there's always, there's always kind of that permission and there's always that kind of drawing in. So then like with a family, uh, what I would do with them is I would just tell them like, you know what, here's the part where I throw you off the deep end. I'll just make a metaphor just to let them know that I'm not going to, I'm not going to structure you. I'm not going to tell you to play like Van Halen or like an orchestra or like anybody. I just want you to, you all have instruments that your kid has said kind of fits you or it doesn't. And if you don't agree, we'll talk about it later. And now I just want you to play together. And so, and I do this just as a general thing, just with between strangers too, is just everybody has an instrument and okay, now we're going to try to communicate with each other, ready, go. And then see what people do. And, and we all know what to do. We just don't think about it explicitly. Right. I know that I'm going to listen to what you do and maybe echo it back to you. I know that if you set a rhythm, I, uh, that maybe I'm going to um, join in that rhythm with you, right? There's just, ba if you get really loud, maybe I'll get loud too, or maybe I'll contrast and I'll get real soft, right? We just, there's, it's all the musical things that we right. do. Anyway. We learn when, when two people are too loud, that's no fun. Yeah, exactly. Right. exactly. Yeah. No, I've got, a whole, I've got a whole way of breaking down communication styles that we then do musically and, it, and people, are, people respond to it really well. Because it acknowledges you have an emotional response. It's not like control how you're feeling first and then make some good decisions. It's like, no, we're all in the thick of it. How do you breathe for a second? Right. Suss out where you're at and then, and then make a choice. And you know? is it a matter of um, those people, those, those patients, if you will, or the, or the dyna that dynamic is they're willing to communicate more when they don't have to, when it's not Sometimes. available? Sometimes it, 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 it cuts both ways. It cuts all ways. Sometimes people get less expressed because they feel unfamiliar. Uh, sometimes they just kind of fall into like how suddenly expressed they feel. Um, it's, it's the whole range. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, it, it is magical sometimes in terms of the depth it can achieve. Um, and then sometimes it's just ordinary. Sometimes it's just, I'm a therapist and not every therapist makes contact with every single person. Sure. Uh, but Okay, so here's a story. So I have a similar thing where I do this with teens. Um, like, I'm, okay, this is an eating disorder unit, uh, multifamily group. Put the teens in the lead. Tell me the top three to five emotions you've been feeling lately. Cool. Now cast each of those emotions as an instrument, and somebody in the group will play that emotion, and we'll play them all at the same time because that's how emotions happen, right? You know, and I get the whole conversation going, right? You, have, you don't just feel one thing. You feel a bunch of things. And then we're just kind of some things flare up and some things subside and then I make choices and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, this is realistic, right? And they say, yes. So then I have them play instruments and then I say, now direct all the people so that they're playing the emotion the way it occurs for you. Like make them louder or softer or faster or slower or whatever you need to do to change it. So one, and this has actually happened a couple times, is uh, for me, it's always a cue that it's working when like the parent, it's been a mom in both these cases, just starts crying because because there's this musical representation being done by a bunch of strangers about how their kid feels and it's so much more intense than she was letting herself admit mm -hmm. and so just stuff like that gives me a lot of faith like thank you i just you know she's crying and i don't want to make people cry necessarily but mm -hmm. she's seeing the truth of it 
and it's gotten yeah. them to, and it's gotten them to an inpatient eating disorder unit. So I'm glad they're having some insight. Sure, and I, and and you think about that, and you say, if it was if it wasn't for that, and what was the other vehicle that was going to get them to that point? Right, right. So it's it's a pretty amazing it's a pretty amazing thing that you know, and obviously not, there's no magic you know there's no magic pill. It sure. happened to, like you said, it worked in that situation, but. Man, how, how how helpful and freeing, and not having to communicate. You know, not yeah. having. It's just another. It's it's again. It's it goes back to music being a way a communication tool, right? Yeah, right. Some music speaks to some people, and it doesn't speak to others. And in this one, you know, they weren't able to speak, or right. you know, or they were speaking ineffectively, or they weren't speaking the same language, and all or of a sudden, just a lot of things. Yeah, words became, complicate things a lot. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um. So as far as like the 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 tougher cases i mean there's probably days for you that you're like you know just getting reaction is probably right yeah. from some, some some from some people that you see just getting any reaction you know because i've i've done my research which is you know in-depth research of searching youtube um <laughs> you know of of people who, just, who go into room who go into rooms and and play the play the piano right and there's there's an eye blink or there's a you know a hand movement or that kind of thing and that's that's reaching, right? That's touching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how much? How you know? How do your? How do your? You talked earlier earlier about the clapping and the snapping, and how does this make you feel and that kind of thing. So, so tell me a little bit about that. Those specific, uh, I don't know, you call them therapies. I guess you would you would call them specific therapies that you use uh, regularly, and then maybe some that you don't use regularly. All right. So you're talking like what my interventions that I use, like how. Yeah. I've, how I use music. Okay. Yes, like, interventions. Uh, and now I'm going to ask you, tell me about some of the interventions you use. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And uh, I'll cut out all that other stuff about me sounding yeah. like, and get, sound like okay, an idiot. Okay. So that's one. I've already, t I've already kind of told you a bunch of them. So I do the, I make you listen and I make me express and vice versa. Or I go around, I'll do, I'll do that going around a circle of teens. First time you play, you play whatever you want. The second time you play, you only play what the other person played just to get them in both modes. And then we, or I do that, or if I do that, and I think a lot of it is I'll do some similar things is that you can, the cool thing about therapy is you modify it for different situations, right? So to do that same exercise within a family adds another layer of complexity to it, right? Because it's probably not, because they already have history, right? Mm -hmm. Already the kid's going to be sarcastic whenever dad starts playing. Right. Whereas if it was just a, so. a group, I, yeah. I so. Whereas in a group, he'll be more respectful probably or whatever. Right. Um, so that's one thing I do uh, is just listening, just making people listen to each other, right? Which you can just do like, we can sit here and, I mean, we can't on Zoom because it's delayed enough yeah. that even me watching my own hand, it's not time. But um, uh, so that's one thing we do. Uh, the, I told you about the family sculpting. That's a big one I do. Um, and just because it's so dynamic and you can just do it, you can do the same family in two consecutive days and it's going to be a different intervention. Right. Yeah. So it's really about kind of capturing that moment and what's up for people in the time that it happens. Um, just uh, there's there's a million ways, you know, people say, do you drum circle? And I say yes. But there's just, you know, how many different ways can you direct a drum circle? Right. Right. That, you know, so drum circling isn't just one thing. It's it's um, it's also the therapy of paying attention to who's got what going on. And almost always what I'll do is I'll do things that make us play and like, or the, a big one that I do after the reflecting is then just to, I call it passing the rhythm around the room. We're only after the reflecting. What is the reflecting again? The reflecting is just do what the other person's doing and okay, join. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Just, just walk, you know, and I say, if you can walk down the hallway with somebody, you can play in rhythm with them. There's no musical thing. Right. And then the next, the next level of complexity is I'm going to play a rhythm now. And I want you to play in rhythm with me. 
right? So if I'm just doing a walking rhythm, you're just going to play a walking rhythm with me. But you might, but you know, and I say if you're an already musician and this is boring, and you want to go dun 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 da 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 dun da da dun da dun 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 dun, you know, do whatever you want. But if you don't know what you're doing, just do what I'm doing, right? So I, I, you know, I make, I try to, you know, you're always trying to meet the person with the least ability, but make space for the people, person with the most ability, right? Okay. So it's kind of, that's the Zen of it, right? That's sure. the truth. Um, and so what I will then do is make like maybe three people in the group get in, in rhythm together, right? Add a fourth person, make the last person drop off, right? So that we're just kind of passing the, the rhythm around the room three to four people at a time. So making, so again, so that gets back to your question, how does music work? Well, mm -hmm. uh, you have to pay attention actively, right? I can't just get in rhythm and then expect to be in rhythm 30 seconds later if I'm not paying attention. Right. Right. So I have to be actively paying attention all the time. So um, I make people do that in various ways, which is which in itself is exercise. It's just kind of, it's a kind of brain exercise, right? To have people be present moment for an extended period of time is is a good thing, right? That's what we all want. We all want to be kind of zoned in on whatever we're doing. We want to be uh, paying deep attention to the thing that we're doing. And life is complicated, so we can't always do that. And so we kind of do things cursory and we're all stressed out. But what you're, the, the idea is that you're trying to just get present moment awareness as much as you can. And music is great as, at, at that, as you know, right? Because right, sure. continuously sure. the river that's just carrying you along. Uh, Tony, listen, man, it's been really, really enlightening talking to you. I, I could probably, I could probably do a whole an, another segment with you and just and, and really dive even deeper. Right. Um, but it's it's been my pleasure, and just so you know, the reason I asked if you have ever been on a cruise is because there is an open invitation in May of 2021 if you would like to join us. Okay. Our we'll treat. Back channel about that. What's that? We'll back channel. I don't. I don't even know what that means. We're using fancy we'll, words. We'll, we'll message each other. Oh, message each other. It's, I can a, it's a bigger conversation than yeah. I can have while Zoom while the yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. yeah, that's right. The back channel. I'm going to write that one down. I'm going to use that in our, in our staff meeting. Cool, huh? Do I sound like I'm really hip when I talk yeah, like that? Yeah, that was good. You know, I'm always looking for that competitive edge, and I think you just gave it I to know. me. I know. Yeah. All right, buddy. Have a good one, man. All right. Be careful. Thanks, See ya. Start giving in the moonlight. People dancing in the strobe lights. Birds fly in the springtime. Everybody's happy Everybody's Everybody's dancing Because Love lights the sky With Tony's help Music therapy helped me to heal I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. 
I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now on Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts.